It's time for the Jeremy Paul Show with your hosts, Mark Stafford and Jeremy Paul. Jeremy Paul Show. And he's an honorary New Zealander now, given the demise of his former wonderful side, the Wallabies. Uh, kia ora, Jeremy Paul. Welcome to Aotearoa. Kia ora, whanau. Um, <laughs> oh, did, oh, you, did you happen wow. to watch the display this morning? No, 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 mate. I'm, I'm too busy um, looking after a baby that refuses to sleep and has an attitude like his mother's. So it's... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it looks, it looks identical to me, but attitude of his mum. <laughs> That's what I keep saying. He's so angry. Um, but, yeah, man, I'm just trying to keep my eyes open at the moment, bro. Just oh. trying to get through it. Hanging on by my fingernails. Yeah. Are there any developments in Australian rugby? It's, it's the most talked about team that's not going to qualify. Oh, well, let's let's wait to see if South Africa qualifies first, eh? Um, <laughs> but, uh, oh, look... It, this is a, this is a build up of of two decades, bro. Like everyone's everyone's sort of blowing their top now, but man, this is an accumulation of of poor results for for two decades. Um, and I think this is now just, it's just all come straight to the top right now, which is which is what we've been kind of asking for for a long time. Like we've been asking for change. Um, my poor, my poor mate Phil War, um, who's just taken over as CEO, um, and Joe Roth, who's just taken over as as president of Rugby Australia, have definitely walked into the biggest job um, in sport in Australia. But look, I, and everyone's got their ideas, and and everyone keeps talking about the top. Do you want my 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 very thirty second fix here Please. in terms of low hanging low hanging fruit, right? Like first thing we need to do is to get to the coaches. So how I look at it, if a young kid at five starts playing rugby, finishes at 18, 13 years, 13 different coaches in Australia coach 13 different ways. We don't have a standardized coaching levels in terms of like levels one, two, and three that are even adequate for second, third tier nations of playing rugby. Our, our coaching, if, if you want to increase the talent that we actually have right now, then we have to implement a coaching manual as well as coaching um, techniques that allow us to have a similar skill focus across all the different aspects within rugby because it's a complex game. How does a kid and uh, how does a guy in under eights who's never coached rugby before put together an entire season of training, knows what to look at and how to increase the ability of kids for rugby and jam that in to one-hour sessions, two one-hour sessions or maybe an hour and a half in a week without any direction? Like that's the – like I think – Forget about what's happening at the top because everyone's talking about centralisation, reducing super rugby teams, et cetera, et cetera. But you, it's the talent that's getting there that is the problem. Like we're not looking at, at any sort of identification of talent or helping our coaches for the development of players to get to the point of, of academies and super rugby and then wallabies, right? Like no one's worrying about grassroots here, man. And it's, that's the blaring problem for me. 
Right, heap of questions for you. Uh, one from Mikey. Um, great rugby man is Mikey. Question for JP, please. Assuming Ireland meet the All Blacks in the quarterfinal, what do the All Blacks have to do on the field to beat a very strong Ireland? I'm hoping you can calm my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro, what about that side of the pool? Like, oh, no. isn't that just, mate, that's horrible. Like, even France. So, I've got Wales to play the Pumas. I've got Ireland, obviously, to play New Zealand, and then England to play Fiji, and then France to play South Africa, right? That looks like the way that it's going to pan out, um, unless Japan can upset Argentina and maybe get ahead. But I can't see it happening. But, um, it, that is really a flip of a coin because the All Blacks, you know, they, as as we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, bro, like all they needed to do was knuckle down, get some confidence, and they have looked fantastic. Um, and really, when you're France, you're going, oh, who, my God, we topped the pool and we're playing South Africa in the quarters. <laughs> uh, look, it's going to take a huge effort. I think Ireland is the team at the moment with huge amounts of confidence. Um, playing, they've been playing fantastic rugby for two years, and that's why they're number one in the world, bro. Like to come down to New Zealand last year and to win their first test series, I think their first game they beat them in Chicago was like 111 years, right? Mm. And the last sort of five or six years, that hoodoo of, of not beating the All Blacks, it's because it's that aura of the All Blacks, right? We actually used to talk about that a lot back in the um, late 90s and early 2000s when we beat them, I was like trying to dismantle that aura. Um, well, I don't even want to pick it, bro. I don't <laughs> want to pick it. Let, let's just wait to see what the sides come out. Like we, we'll talk about that next week. But yeah. Oh, look, I, I think if you're going to have some uh, – New Zealand can have some confidence though. Like, And congratulations to Sam Whitelock, man. Oh. What a tremendous effort. 150. 150 tests. At lock. Incredible. At, at lock, yes. In a tight five position, man. I praise thee, man. You are you are the god. Well mm. done, Sam. Um, Dean's got a lot of questions, so let's pick our way through them one at a time. Jeremy, you're the All Blacks coach. Tell me why you'd start Mark Tillier on the wrong wing ahead of Leicester. Oh, yeah. Well, look, it's a that, that's the problem, right, when you have a plethora of riches, like in terms of selection headaches. I mean, it's a good thing for the coach to have. Um, but I just I think that Mark Talia is just – he should be exactly where he wants to play, like on the left side. Like I think he's, he's just so de- – he breaks the first tackle. I don't think I've seen a winger that is deceptively, like, strong. Like, you, you look at him in comparison to other big wingers, right? Mm. He is just – he's phenomenal. His work rate is incredible, and he knows how to get to this try line. Like, he, he is just – oh, he's been he's been outstanding, hasn't he, this year from even the last two years with the Blues and then finally getting his opportunity. I, I, I believe they should have him in the position that he's most comfortable at. Um, rather than trying to change around here. I'd, yeah, I don't think you should be moving for players, but I suppose that's what happens when you get to that level, bro, and you've got so many guys that are vying for positions. You do have to you do have to sometimes play players out of positions because you want them on the field. And realistically, any player will, all, will just turn around to the coach and go, mate, I just want to be in there. So put me wherever you want. So... Oh, it's a, it's a, it's it's a headache. It's a headache for for Foz, but it's a good headache. Um, 
His next question is, now Dino gets a lot of people's noses out of joint, and he knows that, he knows that, so this one might get your nose out of joint. Why, uh, if you're the All Black coach, why wouldn't you drop Bowden Barrett from the 23 and play Damien at 15? It's not a bad call at all. Like, you got to play with players that are informed. Damon McKenzie is just – every opportunity he's got to wear the all-black jersey, the, the side looks invigorated, don't they? Mm. Like he's – and there's nothing against Bowden Barrett. Bowden Barrett's been one of my favourite players for, for many, many, many years. But is he playing out of the wrong position at fullback? And is he – like is Damian McKenzie going to be far more productive and give far more opportunities? Um, I, I think so, man. Like mm. if you look at the if you look at the form, like you've you've got to go with momentum in World Cups. You have to go with momentum, and I just feel that Damian McKenzie, like is it again, right the headache of selections. Um, I I, th- I just think every time Damien McKenzie has been given that opportunity, whether or not it's been at ten, whether or not it's been at fifteen, it just there seems to be a spark, right? Like he's just he's so deceptively quick, mm. and I just feel like his confidence since he's come back from overseas has has gone through the roof. So, I, I, look, I wouldn't be disappointed if Damien McKenzie got a got a got a Guernsey in front of Bowden. Um, bearing in mind you didn't watch this morning's game, Sam Kane, the, the, he's often talked about being the captain. He did top the tackle count in the match this morning, uh, but he doesn't get turnovers. He doesn't do a lot of running with ball in hand. So last question from Dan, you're the All Black coach. Why are you still picking Sam Kane? Because you always back, you follow your leaders. Like you follow your leaders and he's an awesome All Black captain. Like, Actually, and that was the surprising thing with Eddie Jones, like when he left out Michael Hooper. You know, back in 2000 in the Brumbies grand final against the Crusaders, there was a young George Smith on the bench and our captain was Brett Robinson, who was the seven. Everyone knew George Smith was a way better player. But he started with Brett Robinson because we, as a captain, he – he contributed more than what a player, than what George could do around the field. And that's what Sam, that's what everyone has to remember is what Sam Kane does. Because when you look at the Wallabies game against Fiji and they were looking for leaders when things get tough, that's when Sam Kane stands up. And that's why Sam Kane should get picked. Um, one here from Jeff the Ref. And this guy's he's one of the wonderful people, one of the wonderful backbones, representative of the backbones of, of rugby in New Zealand. He's refereed for a 1,000 years, and he still is da- down in um, the South Island. He says, Staffy, ask JP, I watched the ARL final, and what an event and atmosphere, about 100,000 live crowd. How can Australia compete Australian rugby, that'll be, compete against that. And he goes on to say, I met an eighth grade AFL referee in Melbourne and he gets 100 bucks every game. I'm lucky to get a free beer. How does Australian rugby compete with the other codes? Thank you. Thank you so much for highlighting the, the problem that it's really the big problem in Australia is the diversity of sports and our small population. Mm. Mate, we, we can't. We can't. And... As the pay TV deals get bigger and bigger, let's not forget about AFL as well. That was on the day before where there was 100,000 people. That's the one he's talking um, about, yeah. Oh, sorry. Then you got the NRL the mm. next day. 
um, we, we can't compete against those two sports. So it's not just about the refereeing, right, in, in the eighth, eighth grade getting paid 100 bucks. When kids go to sign up with AFL in Sydney, they it's free, no registration, and then they get asked, what team do you like? Do you like the Sydney Swans or GW Greater Western Sydney? Here's a free jersey. And on top of that, Auskick give away a free Sheridan, which is the footy, water, uh, a water bottle and a free bag. They've given away over 3 million um, footies, bro. Which kid doesn't love a free footy? Yeah. Like, mate, it's, it's impossible. It's impossible to compete against. So we have to look after what we have currently right now because rugby is a, is a family game, right, which is like passed down from generation to generation. And But we're only in the private school systems, hence why – we need to, I believe, we need to put all our resources into coaches. And that way, if we could create a, a training program and coaching levels, which then we can implement into our state school system here that only plays AFL and rugby league. So, because we've got no coaches that know how to coach. <laughs> Mm. So that's mate, that's my theory anyway. But yeah, great pickup, mate. Great pickup. You're you're a hundred percent correct. Um, I want to pick up on something I was talking about in the last half hour, JP, and it was on out of that Uruguay All Blacks game. Now it was a bit, it was a big win for the All Blacks, but Uruguay have got such big ticker, uh, and I didn't know, but I researched. Um, thirty three in the Uruguay squad. 21 of the thirty three play club rugby in Uruguay. Two play in the top division in France and the other 10 are split between third division France and, major, yes. and ma- major league rugby in the USA. Now they don't get any international rugby exposure and they played their hearts out today. We've seen it with other teams. We've seen it with Tonga. Clearly don't get enough international exposure. Got better as the tournament went on. We've seen it with Georgia, Fiji, Portugal, Samoa, these teams that Samoa. don't that don't get the yep. exposure. Yet Italy get all of that exposure. And I'm prepared to say that Uruguay were better against the All Blacks than Italy and that's on no international exposure. I think this World Cup is the opportunity because it's there for all of us to see, for World Rugby to say, these nations that aren't in the top 10 need more international rugby and I'd like to see them do something about it. Bro, spot on. We can't even add to that. Like, it's this is the issue, isn't it? Particularly for like our closer brothers, like the um, Samoa, Tonga. Um, we've seen now the real effects of of having Fiji Drua in Super Rugby. Like, look at look at those players. Mind you, there are a lot more Fijian players playing around the world, but mm. it's that it's that ability to be able to create the nucleus of a team, right? Like, and that's where, where Fiji Drua have have just gone leaps and bounds in the last couple of years because they've got players that are playing together consistently. And that's where we get with what we talk about in terms of cohesion and also being able to, to be able to know the guy next to you, man. You can't uh, – how you can just come into a side like five days out and try to put on a performance. I mean, uh, it, it, uh, it is arguably the hardest thing in rugby right now where you've got players playing all around the world. But to talk about Uruguay specifically, mate, amateur players, wow, what an incredible effort. And, I mean, they were 27-7, I believe, against France as well. Yeah. Like not so 
yeah, like and and amateur players. Like, oh look, you're always going to play above you, above themselves. And and as a, I suppose France probably went into that game and you know didn't respect them as much as what they should have. Um, but you, we can see the game right needs to be developed in these areas where. But uh, unfortunately, bro, you couldn't go and put say, for instance, Uruguay. Maybe you could make a second tier Six Nations. Maybe they mm. could maybe invest into the European game a bit more in terms of the IRB because we are seeing now um, these second or third tier nations really starting to produce some really good rugby players. So we need we need them to be playing more international footy. What do we have to for the good of the game? And that's an often used phrase. But I know in New Zealand, if we bring in players from outside and. And my little team, Manawatu, we brought in a, a Dutch lock and a South African lock because locks were just so hard to find. And going to these these nations, I, I, mean, I remember it was like, I'm going to guess about 2006 or seven. Manawatu brought in an Argentinian fullback slash wing. Um, Francisco Bosch was his name. I don't even think he played for Argentina, but they plucked him out of the Argentinian system. He scored a try against Waikato where he chipped. Uh, the ball bounced high. He headed it and then regathered it and scored a try. He bought colour and effervescence, and he was probably the best-known player in Manawatu, and they'd brought him in from Argentina. I would like to think Australia, um, particularly Australia, actually, their super rugby teams, have a crack at some of these Uruguayans, these Argentinians, a Chile player. You can cherry-pick the best of them and give them some more exposure, and then that country will start watching the Australian competition, the super rugby competition. Do we need to embrace and cuddle and nurture other nations in our domestic product. Nailed it, bro. That's exactly what Australia should be doing. We should be looking for talent, other talent around the world to be able to um, boost or bolster the current playing stocks. Um, I think even having, like you said, man, someone like the Uruguayans, right, coming in, mm. we get a new audience watching watching Super Rugby, um, and because we, particularly here in Australia, we don't we don't have enough talent. They're going to keep five teams, mate. They're never going to central like they're never going to reduce the amount of Super Rugby teams because we've got Andrew Forrest, who was Twiggy Forrest, who was supporting um, Western Australia financially, so mm. and helping with Rugby Australia, I believe. So. Um, we've got what we've got so we've got to look at other options on on how we can um, increase the current players abilities um, but we don't have the stock so go elsewhere look and don't go looking to bring in players that are finishing up at the end of their yeah. careers yeah look at bringing and made a great a great example of that is Patricia Noriega. I was just going to bring um, him back, up. And George's got a George's got a thousand tight head props that can't get a game. A thousand, yeah, <laughs> a thousand, exactly right. Mate, baby's born tight head prop. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> like it, it, they literally are right. They're just their bodies are just conducive to playing rugby union, particularly in the front row. So, oh, mate, no, no, I think that's a cracker idea. I think, and that's what the World Cup really one of the benefits of, of having a World Cup and these and these sides, um, you know, that come through unexpectedly and play as well as they have is to cherry pick the best players. And and I think, yeah, definitely bring them down. And, and I, I know Australia did look at doing that like a couple of years ago. We did allow for international imports. And I believe that if we can – but there was always then – 
like you look at the English Premier League, right, how they believe now there's too many imports. Um, it's not developing English soccer, but... I, I you can totally cap it. You can cap it. You can cap it. Like, oh, yeah, no, you can, but I, I and you would have to because you you obviously don't want to be taking away positions for developing players. But oh, look, mate, I, I, bro, I think that's a wonderful idea. I think I think we should be searching far and wide. Just you know, it, it brings a couple of elements, right? Like you said, it brings a new audience. Um, we also get the best of other players from other countries as as well as they could contribute and do chip kicks and bounce off heads and score tries. Mm. Pablo Matera, Crusaders. Um, Pablo Matera. Change, yes, Pablo Matera, yes. 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 Oh, 100%. oh, the Jeremy Paul Show, Fixing World Rugby, every Friday at 2 o'clock <laughs> New Zealand time. <laughs> JP, we're, we're way over time. I always love chatting to you, mate. We'll do it all. We've got quarterfinal preview next week. God, we oh. might have to have a Jeremy Paul hour. Oh yes, bro. Yeah, let's do it next week. Next for an hour. Let's, uh, yeah, let's get let's get on this, man. This is going to be epic, man. Ooh, the whole country in New Zealand's going to be on the edge of the sea. Oh, you know it, wow. JP. We'll do it again next week, champion. Sure. See you, Thanks. mate. Jerry Paul Show. That's it for another week. Catch live commentary at the Rugby World Cup Sunday morning on SCNZ. England versus Samoa from 4.30 and Ireland versus Scotland from 7.30 on SENZ. For over 40 years, Kubota have worked the New Zealand landscape and faced its challenges. From first light to sunset, our agriculture and construction range works with power and versatility that you can rely on. From our mid-size to professional tractors, dependable mowers, zero tail swing or conventional excavators and more. Kubota is building and shaping the future. Visit kubota.co.nz or head to your nearest dealer to learn more. Cheering all the big moments in the Rugby World Cup. TAB is SENZ's wagering partner for the Rugby World Cup. Catch all the biggest games live on SENZ and the SENZ app. Bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Bailey's is New Zealand's number one rural real estate brand and they've just launched their country portfolio. With the latest insights and 140 of Spring's freshest farm, speciality and lifestyle properties for sale ranging from the far north to the deep south. The Bailey's rural team have deep roots in farming communities with strong local relationships and connections. Their legendary professionalism means that they are ready to guide you along New Zealand's country roads. Unlock your property's potential with Bailey's Country. For your copy of the country portfolio, visit baileys.co.nz or call 0800 Bailey's. That's 0800 Bailey's. Bailey's, the nation's most awarded rural real estate brand. Licensed under the R18 